rather than being embarrassed and isolated and terrified of it, I think it's made me empowered and it's given me a voice and it's given me a purpose. And I think starting to share that story and being raw and vulnerable has also made me realize that I don't need to be perfect and I don't have it all together all the time because that's just not real life. Welcome to Let's Thrive, a lifestyle podcast meant to expand your consciousness with new age wisdom, advice, empowerment, and inspiration. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and tune in every Wednesday for an insightful conversation with guests whom are just like you and me, trying to figure out this crazy world we live in. Enough said, let's thrive. Hello and welcome back to Let's Thrive. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and as per usual, I'm so excited you're here today with me. So, what's been on my mind lately, and you know, just making itself prevalent in my life, is focusing on mental and emotional health. We all know it, the mind and the gut are connected. They just, you know, they're like a power couple. (laughs) We all know those power couples that we just adore, support, we ship them, you know, they get all the glory and fame. Well, what about the mind and the gut? They are certainly a power couple, yet oftentimes we fail to recognize it. I think most of us know that, yet, you know, sometimes we just kind of let it slip our radar and next thing you know, we're having a stress-induced or, you know, some sort of mental-stimulated response in the body, typically in the gut. (laughs) And if you're someone who's suffered with gut health, you probably understand what I'm saying, Those times when we get stressed, anxious, even tired, emotionally drained, sad, angry, frustrated. I don't know if I repeated anything there, sorry. But what I'm trying to say is that those oftentimes do lead to digestive distress. You know, whether we start to feel bloated, we get, you know, like stomach ache, pains, whatever it is. At least I know that's the case for me and a lot of my friends that I've talked to. So maybe not for you. Maybe you're not in tune with it yet, but... No, it's it's there. And, you know, there is science behind it. Do I know it enough to recite it on a public podcast? No, and I'm not a health professional. So, you know, that should not be expected of me. But I will say it's out there if you want to get the actual scientific research. Otherwise, you know, this is just stuff that I'm speaking from my heart here. The mental and emotional side of things is something I've been wanting to work on for a long time now. You know, if you guys follow me, then you know I have a lot going on. We all have a lot going on. And so we should all be prioritizing mental and emotional health. I, like most people, do not. (laughs) I'll do, you know, all the fitness and I'll eat healthy, all that. But when it comes to meditating or getting enough sleep or, you know, putting my phone down instead of mindlessly scrolling Instagram, I quite blatantly fail at all of those if that's, you know, possible. And I think it is. (laughs) So my, you know, endeavor, my latest, uh, what's it called? Oh, intent. My intent that I've been setting before yoga classes, before, you know, when I go to sleep at night, when I wake up in the morning, whenever I'm trying to find an intent and, you know, something to really focus on, I have been aiming it towards the mind, you know, mind connection to the whole rest of the body. Our thoughts are what make us. Thoughts have power. And, you know, a big thing for me has been just not letting my thoughts of, you know, my chronic hep C get in the way of my living. Like, I need to acknowledge those thoughts, but let them pass through. Can't let them build up. And when I get sad about things that happened in the past or present, 
whatever. I need to acknowledge those and then let them pass through. And, you know, that's one mental practice I've been trying to do is when things upset me, let them come in and then let them pass out. You know, it's like you let them into your heart and then you let it out. Don't just hold it in. That's my thing. You know, it's kind of like you take a breath and then you never let it out. Take the breath, let it out. And sometimes when I really can't do that, something's worked me up so much, I actually do the, the breath work with it. So it's in, out. I don't know if you could hear my breathing in and out. Sorry if I'm boring you guys, but this is, you know, this is on my mind. And today's guest, Rachel from The No Gluten Girl, really, you know, just brought it to the forefront of my mind again. As you'll hear, she's suffered from Crohn's since she was in high school and she was now diagnosed with SIBO, which is, you know, just kind of like the icing on the cake for her, the poor girl. Oh my. But she handles it with such grace, such beauty, such, you know, admirable strength. She's, you know, really gone through it as most all of us have. We've all had our moments, our traumas, our pains, and this is hers. And the way she handles it though is what I truly admire about her. And I was so happy to have her on the show today because Oh, and quick disclaimer, my dog starts barking during this. My apologies, but back to Rachel. <laughs> we start out by discussing her nomination for the Wago Health Awards, which you can vote for her via the link in her bio. And it is for patient advocacy and, you know, just speaking out about your illness, diagnosis, whatever, you know, health problem is affecting you. And then the fact that she also is helping others, you know, by lifting them up, educating them, just being a patient advocate. And so if you want to link, you know, or if you want to vote for her, go ahead and follow that link. I'll have it below as well. We then go into her health journey with Crohn's, now SIBO, you know, what the symptoms were like, what life was like before she even knew she had it, what life became like after she knew she had it. You'll hear how long it took to get a diagnosis and what the steps were for as long as well as, you know, working through the pain of living with it day to day and, you know, not knowing what it was and then knowing what it was and knowing what comes with it. You know, she wanted a diagnosis, but it's a heavy diagnosis. And I just think, once more, the way she handled it was beautiful. We, you know, discuss what it's like living day-to-day with Crohn's and now SIBO, being an advocate for yourself. As I mentioned before, she's up for the Wago Health Award. Push for answers. Stand up for yourself and be your own advocate. Be your own, you know, leading of the charge. You know your body best. Don't let anybody intimidate you or tell you something that you know is wrong. Don't. Because I did that (laughs) for a year and now look at where I am. No, I'm joking. But I mean, well, I'm not joking, but you get the point. I'm just saying it's important and that's something we talk about. And it's, you know, a very important topic, I think, that we need to talk about more. And there's many amazing people doing that. And, you know, I just hope to give you a little sliver of it. We talk about how to handle social interactions while suffering from any health issue, but, you know, I think it's specifically gut-related. If you have gut issues and you know what I'm talking about, sometimes social interactions can be your worst freaking nightmare from food to stomach issues, and we'll leave it at that. (laughs) We go over relationships and, you know, what happens when something like this comes up and all of a sudden you find yourself losing a lot of friends because they can't support you. Maybe they don't know how, maybe they don't want to. We talk about making new friends, finding that community that will support you, will uplift you and understand you. And 
You know, we talk from friendships to love relationships to family. We cover it all. We go over, as I said, the mind-body-gut connection and how what we think can become a reality. She gives some very good examples of this and how she helps, you know, reshape her thoughts into a positive, empowering type instead of the bring-you-down, negative, heavy type. You'll see what I mean. (laughs) And in this, you know, it's prioritizing self-care. Her tips for getting out of those funk and bad gut days, which, you know, we all have, and, you know, just finding support in everyday life. It's truly a wonderful conversation. She's a beautiful soul, and I'm so happy Instagram connected us and Nat from Plantain Well with Nat. She connected us in the Instagram world, and I'll be forever grateful, as I'm sure Rachel is, because we, we're buds now, guys, and I love it. If you want to find her on Instagram, she is at the no gluten girl. I am on Instagram at thrive underscore on life. Let us know if you like this. Share it on your stories, tag us, go on Instagram, leave a rate, review, and subscribe. I'll appreciate you 10 times more. No, I'm joking. I appreciate you all equally, no matter what. It just, you know, it helps support the show, and I really appreciate it. But either way, thank you guys for listening time and time again. Makes it all worth it and makes me happy to know I'm helping people and making a little bit of a change, no matter how small. So without further ado, let's dive right into this conversation with Rachel. As usual, to start off, what is one thing that has made you smile today? One thing that has made me smile today. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I just found out that my work is going to be throwing a birthday party for me next week, which is really cute. And that just made me really happy because I'm obviously like the new man or woman in the office. Um, so just to know that I'm appreciated and cared for made me really happy. That is so sweet. Do yeah. they know, like, do they know of your, like, health issues? Like, are to be accommodating? <laughs> do. So I've been working, I've been interning there for a little bit over a year, but just started working there full-time this summer. And it's kind of hard to keep the Instagram private. Um, so they found out through that and they've all just been so supportive. Um, I got nominated for this Vigo Health Award a few weeks ago and they were all sharing it on their LinkedIn. And I was like, this is amazing that they can see the good that I'm doing with it rather than looking at me and being like, oh, she's too sick to be able to do her job. So they're just, yeah, they build me up and it's awesome. Well, before we go off, off any more can you yeah. just can we just jump into that way the way go right am i saying oh that God, correct yeah, the Wego health awards um, so what what is that and then like what's this even I was in shock. so it's basically um these awards that honor um patient and like patient advocates who were kind of striving to make a difference in the online health community and i got nominated for best of show instagram and patient hero which is insane to me. Um, I started this account a few months ago just as a way to kind of feel less alone and um, to think that it's made enough of a difference for someone to look at me and say, oh, I think she's deserving of this. I, I, yeah, I can't believe it. It's so beautiful. I saw you know, you shared about it that one day. And I think I, I like messaged you right then. I was like, oh my gosh, we're talking about this on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we had to, we had to. I mean, just 
I guess I don't want to say like, oh, Crohn's has been amazing because I've had, you know, some really, really, really dark times. But at the same time, I would not be who I am and I would not be at this point in my life if I didn't have Crohn's. And it's helped me find a purpose. It's helped me find a voice. It's helped me find a community that I know I'm not alone now. Um, So a lot of good has come from a really, really awful thing. Yeah. And that's beautiful. You can see, you know, see like the silver lining of it because that is something I'm still, you know, trying to do. I'm still, it's something that does not come every day. Um, And it's super rough. And that's another thing that I really try to focus on. It's like a bad day doesn't mean I have a bad life and it doesn't discount all the good days I've had and all the good days that are going to come. Um, and I think that's something I just try to constantly tell myself, but like I, since my last two flares recently this year, there've been so many times where I, I just broke down and I didn't think I'd be able to do it. Um, but yeah, it's like obviously like so emotional to me, but I think that's the thing. It's like almost like I have to constantly tell myself that, um, I actually heard you say this on one of your podcasts. You're like, this life is happening for me, not to me. And I was like, wow, that, that sticks. Yeah. Oh, you've got me tearing up and no, your words are so beautiful. And then I have peppermint essential oil on my temples because I had a headache and there's just (laughs) too many tear triggers going on right now. (laughs) That is so, oh, you and I'm so happy. We no, can, uh, oh I definitely I have a hard time putting it into words when I speak about it. I'm I'm a writer. Like that's what I do for work. Um, so it's a lot easier to like put my pen to paper and write about it. So just talking about it is honestly become challenging myself in that way has become um, really beneficial and it's also a release in itself. Honestly, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad to. Yeah. I'm glad to help in that. Yeah, I'm so glad. To give context to what we've yes. been talking about, do you mind, you know, just taking back? Yeah, backing up. Let's let's kind of, you know, you don't have to start, you know, whole health yeah. history as we were talking before. But yeah. if you want to give, if you want to give, you know, a brief or as in depth as you want to go, understanding yeah. of your health struggles, you know, when they started, and kind of, you know, just take us along your journey. Yeah. So I've had Crohn's well officially I was diagnosed um the summer before my junior year of high school so I just graduated college so that's a pretty long time but I was sick for about two and a half years before I even got the diagnosis so I started feeling off my the end of my freshman year of high school um and it was almost like the constant stomach flu is what I had thought I had every single week. Um, I played sports my whole life. I ended up quitting the lacrosse team. Um, sophomore year, they put me on homebound instruction and I finished up my sophomore year of high school at home. And then junior year, I missed 60 days, I think, um, over that probably. And it was kind of a mess. 
honestly. Um, we went to, from doctor to doctor for over two years. Um, they told me I had fibromyalgia, and then it came up that I had apparently had a parasite. So they basically just loaded me up on antibiotics for about two years to combat the symptoms rather than because we were struggling to find the root cause. And obviously, like I know now that that was not ideal and probably led to a lot more issues than good being done. Um, but it wasn't until I was hospitalized for two weeks, my junior year of high school, that I remember laying on my bedroom floor. This sounds so dramatic. Um, but I said to my parents, I was like, the pain is too much. I can't take it anymore. Um, and I was hospitalized for two weeks. And after that, um, we decided to get a second colonoscopy because the first one didn't show anything. So with IBD, that's like a really huge way to um, diagnose it is getting a colonoscopy. Um, and I remember getting out of the procedure and the doctor said, it's good, all clear. And I didn't want anything to be wrong, but I knew something was wrong and I just wanted an answer. And it wasn't until a week later, the biopsies of the colonoscopy came back and he said, it's Crohn's disease. Like we found it in the biopsies. And I remember it so clearly, I Googled it and I just looked at all the symptoms and I was like, this is it. Like this makes so much sense. So it was like a two and a half year process to really figure out what the heck was wrong with me. Oh, I just can't imagine. I mean, our, our stories are similar. Mine, you know, wasn't so much a stomach issues, but just having those high school years be you know, pretty much tainted by health issues and yours especially because I know there was so much pain and, you know, with gut issues, there's a lot of social, you know, um, issues that come in. So like, how did you deal with that? Like, what were those years like for you in high school, whether with friendships, with, you know, academics, how did you, how did you cope? Yeah. So this is definitely something I struggled with a lot. Um, in high school, it was really hard because, you're still growing up, you're still young, and a lot of people just didn't get it. Um, and because of that, I lost a lot of friends because I wasn't in school every day. So if you're not there, it's kind of like you disappear. Um, so that was really hard. Um, I'm not going to lie. And then because of those years of just isolation, being on homebound instruction and then missing school, um, when I got to college, I wanted to fit in so badly. Um, like I just wanted to be normal, whatever that really meant. And now I know like normal is different for literally everyone. But at that time I was like, I want to be a normal college student. Um, so I would drink and I would go out like five days a week, you know, did the, did the damn thing. Um, and then I ended up flaring. So I struggled a lot with finding people who understand. And honestly, even if you... The thing is, you can't fully understand it unless you've gone through it yourself. So all I really ask is for just kindness and empathy. That's all you can really ask for. But sadly, that can be really rare to find. So I've definitely gone through my share of periods where I've been ostracized or forgotten about because of the choices I've had to make. And I don't think I learned it until this year. Like truly, it took me years. Is that... Um, the people you want to surround yourself with 
are the people who are going to be kind to you no matter your situation. And if they're not, then that right there is a red flag and you shouldn't even want them to be in your life. Um, and I think it's just knowing that I'm deserving of real friends who will care for me and just not settling for anything less. I think that is an amazing like outlook on it too, because I don't know, like you said, it just puts things in perspective, you know, whether through friends or life in general. So, you know, just so people understand what this is, could you kind of give, you know, a brief explanation or however you were taught it, what is Crohn's Yeah, and you know, how did, how did that affect you? Like what were the symptoms you had? You know, you don't have to be like crazy specific, but just what are the general things that Crohn's causes? So Crohn's disease is a type of IBD, which is inflammatory bowel disease. So there's Crohn's disease and then there's ulcerative colitis. Um, And it can cause an inflammation in your digestive tract is really what it does. Um, And mine is in my small intestine. And there's a part in my small intestine called the terminal ileum. So that's where my Crohn's is. So I technically have what's called like ileitis. Um, So when I get it, I know the difference between my Crohn's pain in my stomach and any other kind of stomach pain. It's really distinct. It's also traumatic. Um, But it's these like I get sharp stabbing shooting pains. Um, It was almost like this last year where we um, I had been flare free for a while um, we thought I had appendicitis once it started happening because those were the kind of pains that I personally get from it. Um, it can cause nausea, um, body aches, the whole, the whole nine yards. Yeah. So that's sort of personally like how my Crohn's manifest itself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because, and I think that's such an amazing way to put it out because, you know, I've, you know, I, like most people in current day, have had digestive issues <laughs> and, you know, like occasional like blow pain, like pain, you know, and I'm putting that in quotes because yeah. I never understood, you know, what, what actual like stomach pain from something such as Crohn's would feel like. So the way you describe that, I can almost imagine. It helps like visualize it a little more. Yeah. So I was just diagnosed with SIBO. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> So fun stuff. Gotta love it. Just one after the other. Um, I'm laughing about it now, but I was crying about it a day ago. So, you know, like it just comes with the time of the day um, processing it all. But um, I knew something was off because, like I said, my Crohn's pain is so distinct. Um, And I was getting like such different types of discomfort. I, my blow was ridiculous Um, and just a bunch of other like really, really gnarly symptoms. Um, But I knew in my gut, which is really, really contradictory to say like, listen to your gut when your gut's pretty messed up. Um, (laughs) That's a really hard thing to do. But I knew in my gut that um, something else was wrong. So I actually pushed to get the SIBO test. And it came back positive. And again, it goes back to the idea of I didn't want anything to be wrong, but I knew something was wrong. So I just wanted an answer. Um, So yeah, so now I'm sort of dealing with that type of pain now that my um, Crohn's pain is getting better. Wow, girl, I am, 
I'm <laughs> shook. And I, I understand what you mean. Like when you, there comes a time when you do have to push for what you know is right. And that was like with my things, you know, I've had, I had doctors look at me like I was absolutely crazy. Like crazy. they think you're, and then you start yeah. to actually think that you're crazy because so many people are telling you you're crazy and you're like, well, maybe I actually am. Maybe I'm making this up, but it, you're not. Yeah. And like, they can only tell you it's stress so many times until, <laughs> until you're about to flip shit on them. It makes you more stressed when they tell you that. It's like, what, what do you think you're doing? You're making me feel worse. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, you just sometimes like for anyone out there going through something, like you just sometimes have to push, like assert yourself with a doctor, 100%. you know? Yeah. Like the, yeah. nothing bad is going to come of it. Like who else is going to fight for you besides you. And obviously my mom has been like by my side through this all my whole family has, but your, your doctor doesn't know you as well as you know yourself. Like you are the only person who knows your body as well as you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. And well, they were like, well, maybe you're just bloated because this, this, and this. I was like, I don't do that, that, and that. Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so I yeah, you just have to fight for yourself. Yeah. Well, so what's to know that you're deserving of like finding answers. Cause I think a lot of the time people get scared and they're like, well, maybe I'm just supposed to feel this way. But if you know something is wrong, like you, you can't, you can't live like that. And that's why these are so powerful because I never knew some of the things I was feeling were off. I just, I just chalked them up to stress or, you know, things that doctors told me until I listened to podcast episodes. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, you know, and, and then I, then I was able to research it and then I was able to go to my doctor and get more information. So like, thank you, you know, for sharing this because it will, it will resonate with someone and it will hopefully prompt them to make a change or investigate something. I hope so. Because I mean, I, I didn't know what SIBO was until I did my research on it, you know. Would you be able to kind of just give a brief, you know, overview of what SIBO is and how how that affects you now, you know, with Crohn's too. (laughs) So SIBO is small um, intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So for me, because my Crohn's, like I had said, is in my small intestine. um, When I had my recent flares, it creates like inflammation, which then narrows my small intestine. And then that creates like a breeding ground for bacterial overgrowth is how the doctor personally explained it for my case. It can be caused by a lot of other things for a lot of other people. And I always stress like it's so individualized and varies by the person, but that's how it was um, explained for me. So I'm going through the treatment for that right now, actually. Um, And I actually just switched doctors, which is also really scary in the midst of trying to figure that out. Um, like you kind of want, you kind of, you just crave certainty and control. And that's something I'm really, really struggling with. Um, I want to be able to control everything. I want to have a set path. I want to have all the answers. Um, but that's, that's really not reality. Um, and I think it's our human instinct to want like instant gratification and, immediate satisfaction but that doesn't happen through a healing process um so it's really hard um and I was I was thinking earlier I was like this isn't really like oh I've done this and this and like you can learn from everything it's like I'm going through all of this and I want to share that so that maybe we can learn together and figure it out and resonate with one another like I don't have it all figured out and I don't think I ever will but I just want to 
openly talk about what I'm going through at each step of it in the hopes that it can relate to someone else who's in the thick of it too. Um, but I was actually at um, the doctor's the other day and I just really wanted answers. I was like, I want to know what to do. I want to figure this out and I want to be better. And he turns to me and he goes, you're trying to heal like eight years worth of inflammation in your body and you want to do it in like four months. He was like, you need to be patient with yourself and it's going to take time. And that really hit me because I've definitely been um, struggling with that lately, given like the new diagnosis. I was like, okay, well, I want answers. I want to figure this out. I want to feel fine again. Um, but it's a much, much longer process than that. I 100% agree on the quick, you know, like it's like we want quick fix, instant gratification, a clean cut answer. And there is nothing wrong with that. Like nobody wants to waste time. Nobody yeah. wants to waste, you I know. I want to feel better. We're sick and tired of not feeling good. Yeah. Exactly. But then, you know, it gets to the point where you do have to just accept, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm in this for the long run right now. And it's it's hard to come, you know, to that. But I, I mean, I, in all honesty, like I, I, we got out of the appointment yesterday and I just like broke down in the car to my mom, but not even in a bad way, just in a like, I want to release the control that I'm just like trying to have over things that I will never be able to control. Um, and I think that's something I'm learning every single day. Um, and I think there's a lot about IBD that you can't control, but trying to control the uncontrollable will literally only drive you insane. Um, so yeah, there's, I think it all just goes back to the idea like, there's such an element of fear and PTSD, honestly, that I don't think is talked about enough that comes with living with a chronic illness. Um, like it has mind of its own. You never know when it's going to flare. And because you know how bad it is when it happens, you want to do everything in your power to make sure that it doesn't happen, but you can't control everything. And yeah, I'm definitely still trying to come to terms with that all for sure. And that, you know, that's a good segue because something I wanted to talk to you about was the mind, body. Perfect. Exactly. You, <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're on point. <laughs> but it's, it's like the concept of the mind-body connection. And with digestive, you know, issues, this is so critical because something I've learned, something everybody tells you, and something I'm sure you've learned is how dang, you know, connected the mind is to the gut. So, you know, where, what have you experienced with this? What are your thoughts on the mind, body, mind, gut connection? And um, what have you really taken away from that? Well, uh, so my mom's a psychologist. So this has kind of been drilled into me since I was probably like five years old. (laughs) Um, So as I struggled with all of my um, chronic illnesses, having that idea in the background of my mind I definitely think has been helpful um and I think that um there's a lot of things I try to do to sort of care for my mind because it can easily get away from itself and the more stress I feel the more symptoms I feel And I know for sure that stress is a trigger for me. 
Um, so whether it's just honestly like talking about it with my mom because she's not my therapist, but she is a therapist. Um, I do go to therapy and I'm very open about that. And I think that um, it's really important in healing processes to find someone that um, you can kind of, who can offer an outside perspective on everything and help you come to terms with everything. Um, and then I actually started, <laughs> I just downloaded this app. Um, I forget the name. I wish I knew, but it's meditation and hypnotherapy. That sounds really woo, but um, there are a lot of studies that it can work. Um, but this one app, it's different than Headspace in the sense that it's directed solely to people with gut health issues. So I was doing one of like um, the seminars the other day, like I was lying in bed and it was like, imagine this medicine is flowing through your body doing this, 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 and this. And I kind of just was like, this is what I need to resonate with me. Um, and I think that part is huge, even if it like doesn't immediately change your mindset. I think just consciously trying to make those mental shifts all the time will add up. Yeah, if that makes any sense. It does. And I think it pulls you out of, you know, and I'm not saying anybody is this, but sometimes I think we almost all can fall into, you know, the victim mindset or just like letting our symptoms define us. Yeah. And if you can practice uh, mindfulness, you know, meditation or mantra or just holding yourself into the present, then you can, you know, you can step out of that victim mindset. You can step away from your symptoms. Like you, you can, can also put those negative thoughts into a box. Mm -hmm. What like I've been working on in therapy because I always imagine the worst case scenario and it's like consciously being like, okay, this is not my present situation and being mindful of that. Um, I think can help you sort of like counteract those detrimental thoughts. No, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I once had someone explain to me, they're like, you know, like you never want to push anything down, but sometimes you are not in the position where you can be dealing with those negative or, you know, emotional thoughts at the moment. Yeah. You know, if you're in a restaurant and all of a sudden, you know, your stomach starts hurting, something starts hurting. Like sometimes you just cannot deal in that moment. And instead of pushing them down, which I have a habit of doing, she yeah. suggested kind of like imagine them in bubbles, you know, floating around. Yeah, that's what mine says too. Yeah. And then when you're ready, just like, like have the bubble come down, pop it have everything come out, you know, and I was like, that is such a good idea. <laughs> so, yeah. That's exactly what mine says too. They must've gone to the same school. Honestly. <laughs> no, but I think it's so useful because I'm very big on the idea of like, you need to let yourself feel it all because if you don't and you bottle it up, it will explode on you. Um, and I think allowing yourself to feel everything um like you can't shy away from it because you need to address the issues that are there otherwise they'll never go away um so that's been really huge and I think it's important to let yourself feel all of the emotions in order to process it all but don't let them don't let the negative ones consume you yeah for sure which is obviously easier said than done because <laughs> it's something I struggle with all the time but I think knowing that um, like positivity doesn't mean being positive all the time. It's just like not letting those negative emotions win and knowing that they will never win, um, which allows you 
sort of the grace to let yourself cry and be pissed and like punch a pillow if you feel like it. Um, I think that helps you process it all. Yeah. So say you are having a day where you're in just a bad funk. You can't get out of your head. What do you do to, you know, get out of your head to, to try to find a place of, you know, if it's not positivity, at least it's better than, you know, sulking and dark negative thoughts. How do you, how do you do that? So it's definitely not easy. Um, and a lot of times, um, either my friends or my boyfriend or my mom or my family will be like, Hey, you need to go for a walk right now. Like I know you and it's about to like blow up, like blow up. Um, so a lot of the time I'm still struggling with like consciously catching myself before like it happens still. So I'm definitely still working on that. But, um, yeah, so walks have been huge for me. Um, And I can't really do a lot of like strenuous exercise. So I will literally just go for a walk around my block. And usually I had been listening to podcasts and music, but I was actually told that in order to like, just like you said, be in the present moment, um, it's also really important to kind of have everything be like muted sometimes when you go for those walks and just like notice your surroundings And by doing that and being mindful, um, it can kind of calm you down. Um, Sometimes I want to talk about it. Sometimes I don't. Um, On the days that talking about it helps, I'll definitely do that. Um, Sometimes I'll just write it all out because, like, I kind of express myself through writing a lot. Um, So even if I don't share it or tell anyone, I'll just, like, whip it out my notes. That happens a lot, like, right before I go to bed. Like, my mind is racing. And I'll just, like, if I feel the need to get something out, I'll just write it. Um, what else? CBD oil. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, definitely helps calm my mind and recenter me. Um, and I also think, this sounds really bad, but my guilty pleasure is reality TV shows. Because watching it, like, it makes me laugh and be like, oh, well, at least I'm not that person, like, um, breaking tables. <laughs> and I know that sounds like really silly, but like it does like help me distract myself from everything. But at the same time, a big part of that is letting yourself feel it. So if there are days when I just don't want to feel it and I just want to like distract myself, that's what I'll do. Yeah. I've heard other people say the reality TV thing too. Like sometimes you just People think I'm crazy for it. <laughs> They think I'm insane. They're like, wouldn't that stress you out? And I was like, no, I find comfort in it, knowing I'm not that insane. Yeah, I mean, I, I would read, you know, whenever I was having a hard time, I always go to, like, fiction books because yeah. it's like, I just want to get lost in some world that's not mine right now. <laughs> Wait, what, what book should I read? Uh, well, for fiction, yeah. I, I'm a huge reader, too. Oh, I forgot to say that. That's what I'll do also. Read? Yeah. I'm trying to think of the books that like really, I mean, I love like, I mean, it's kind of sad, but Looking for Alaska by John Green. That's my favorite book. Yeah. I love that one. Yes. Anything John Green writes, I'm I'm there for. Honestly. And there was one, um, The City of Immortal Souls or City of Bones. It's by Cassandra Clare. Okay, I'll write it down. Favorite. It has like six books. They're huge. I like series because you can like get invested in it. Yes. And they made it into like an actual 
um, like series. So you can read the books and then you can, then you can like watch them for really never ends. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) That's the best. (laughs) Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. So reading is huge for sure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, you did mention, you know, you have your boyfriend and your family supporting you. So I'm curious, like, how have you navigated having a relationship with, you know, your Crohn's and now SIBO? Because I can imagine that came with some difficulties. (laughs) It did. Um, And it still does um, because nothing is perfect. Um, But I'm going to preface this by saying I am convinced I have the most caring and the best boyfriend in the world. Um, I literally don't deserve it. Um, he has been my saving grace in college. Um, we met my freshman year. So we were actually like friends before we started dating. And I always say, I think that was huge for us. Like we were able to establish a friendship and he got, we got to know each other that way before we started dating. So he kind of like knew who I was, um, and kind of had a background into like my Crohn's, but also freshman year, I was kind of saying, screw this, I want to be normal. So I didn't really talk about it that much. Um, But then sophomore year when I flared, he was the one who came to the hospital with me. And it was almost like, he was like, oh, well, I guess I'm in this. Um, And there are days where I'm just like, I'm sorry that this is all happening to you too. And he was like, I wouldn't change it for anything. And I know that's so rare. Um, so I know I'm super lucky for that, but, um, a big thing has been communication. I think also because he's my best friend that has been helpful, um, in the sense that like, if something's bothering him in terms of like, he really wants to go be with his friends, but maybe like, I can't go out that night because like, I don't feel well. I really ask him to be like open and honest with me. Because I think if we suppress that, um, it can build up and then cause like later issues in the relationship, if that makes sense. Um, And then also like he's had to change his whole life around in the sense that like he'll come over and he'll eat how I do um, on my like diet and he'll cook with me. And I wish I had an answer of, like, how you can make that work. But, like, I just got so lucky um, on, like, truly. Um, And I think the other thing, it goes back to that idea of if someone doesn't accept you and everything that comes with you, then they are not the right person for you. And, like, the right person will stick around and be like, he was like, he always says he's like, it's my pleasure. And I'm like, are you, are you sure? Like, are you good? I don't think so. He was like, no, like seriously. I'm like, okay. Um, so I think it's just finding that person who is willing to stick around through everything, like the hospital visits, um, I'll come over after my colonoscopies or like during the prep for them. And like last week I'm on, um, you know, I'm on, um, the treatment for SIBO. So you experience like some pretty extreme die off symptoms from that. Cause it's like killing the bacteria and he's been coming over like after work. Cause he knows like, I feel worse at night and I just, it's hard because then there are a lot of times like he does so much for me and I know I'm like rambling about it because I'm just like the most grateful girlfriend ever. But 
there are times where I tend to take my frustration out on him. And that's so not fair. Um, but I think we tend to take our feelings out on the people that we're closest to because they're right there and they're just can be like our immediate punching bags. Um, but that's definitely something I've been working on. And that's like very honest. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think it's something that a lot of people, you know, do think of, you know, I know I have just, you know, cause I have friends alone who can't really even support, you know, like the way I have to eat or the, you know, like you mentioned, you know, sometimes you have fatigue, like they just don't understand. So to have someone that truly gets it and truly accepts you, that's amazing. Yeah. And it took a while, you know, um, and I've gone through a lot of friends and some boyfriends before that too, who just like, if they don't get it, um, you can't surround yourself with those people. But I think, again, it goes back to that thing. Like when I was younger, all I wanted was to fit in. Um, and I think with time, it comes with that realization that um, you have to, it's the, it's, it goes back to the idea of like, you can't settle for anything less and your health, your priority is, is your priority and you have to put that first. And if there are people who can't understand that, like you, you can't have them in your life. Yeah. Just like we sometimes have to declutter our Instagram feeds. Gotta sometimes de- gotta declutter your life. Yep. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And it's, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's not like snap my fingers. Like you're out of my life. Um, there have been a lot of times and a lot of decisions that have been like really hard for me. But I think in the end, um, again, like you said, life happens for you, not to you. Um, telling you I'm going to get that on a plaque. <laughs> but that's also why this whole Instagram world, and I'm sure you can relate, has been life-changing in the sense that the people you meet on the internet are literally more supportive than half of the people you know in real life, <laughs> which is wild. It is so wild. And I mean, yeah, you, you saw my post the other day and yeah. people listening probably do too. But yeah, like I was ostracized in my personal life by people I had meal prepped for yeah. because it got actually angry at me for not knowing I have, you know, chronic hep C. Mm-hmm. preparing food and then besides the point of they didn't ask before they went out and explained anger to other people who then told me you know it was just surreal because if they would have asked me they would have known that I've suspected you know I might have this for a while and so you know I've been protecting like everything from my blood and not to mention unless we did like a Harry Potter blood pact where we cut our palms and like let our blood like, gush into each other yeah yeah like it's not going to happen. And then it's crazy because I try to explain to people that, you know, people like you and people, I have so many friends I've met through Instagram and you know what? They just get me, they get my life, they get my mindset. And, you know, I wish I could just take you all to a little Island because we would all live so happily. (laughs) Yes. please. And I think what you went through, especially like that's them projecting their insecurities like onto the situation and also their ignorance I think um and I remember saying like ignorance really isn't bliss because like it can have such a detrimental effect on the people who receive like 
the brunt of all of that. Um, and I just, again, it goes back to the idea of like, at the end of the day, like, are those the people that we want to surround ourselves with? Or do we want people who will lift us up when we talk about our health issues? And I think it goes back to the idea, like, I keep saying that phrase, um, but um, you can't settle for less than you deserve. And if people don't lift you up, what good are they in your life? Yeah. It's true. Something yeah. we'll have to think about. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Well, and kind of, you know, this is something I wanted to ask you before. I know it's kind of a polarizing topic and I've seen it discussed a lot on Instagram lately. What are your thoughts on, you know, like when it comes to treatment of Crohn's, SIBO, anything, holistic versus Western medicine? I don't know, you know, what you've done, what your thoughts are on it. I, you know, I, I never hold a steadfast opinion on much. And if I do, I don't, you know, cause a fuss about it. So I'm, I just like discussion. So what are your thoughts on it? You know, what have you experienced between the two? So I am such an advocate for the idea that there's no one size fits all approach to Crohn's, to IBD, to literally anything in life, um, to each their own, and especially when it comes to your health. Um, and I don't think there's one blanket treatment. Um, and for me personally, it's been a combination of both holistic and Western treatment. Um, my mom and I did a lot of research, um, like a lot. And we really believed in the effects of holistic treatment and it was something we really wanted to implement. But at the same time, I know I need some um, heavy duty Western meds for my Crohn's disease, especially after having two flares within two months. Um, so I haven't shared the medication I'm on yet because it is so new to me. And I also am not really ready to open up to the door of, well, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, that's not right. Because there are a lot of opinions out there. And on my health journey, like, that's my journey. And I'm so open and so honest about what I'm going through. And I'm always looking to learn more. But I don't want anyone to say, well, that's wrong. Because it may be right for me. Um, and I will also never say that to anyone else. Um, and again, Crohn's is so different for everyone, but me personally, I feel my best when I'm using both holistic and Western approaches. So I go to Reiki, I, um, I ha have a functional medicine doctor, and then I also have my GI doctor. So I have both. And that's what's worked for me. I don't know. Yeah, there comes to a point where you have to protect yourself because this is such a polarizing yeah. you know topic and but I'm have you ever tried something like acupuncture or anything like yeah. that yeah so I go to Reiki every week which is like energy healing it's basically like acupuncture without the needles because I get enough needles like monthly for blood work and I was like I, I, I'm gonna minimize this <laughs> I was like I'm not gonna put more needles into my body than I already do um so I go to Reiki I do that it calms me down tremendously um even if it's not like a tangible number that I can look at and be like oh it's doing this whereas with medication especially for Crohn's you can look at um like your CRP number which 
measures the inflammation in your body. So that can like, you can use to gauge it, but it's not the only thing you should use to gauge like where your Crohn's is. But I guess it's hard for some people to wrap their heads around the fact that there are some things that can be measured without numbers and the effects that they can have, like may not be like, you can't really put it on a piece of paper. Um, so Reiki is definitely one of those for me. I like, and it's also an hour of sleep. So I'll take as much sleep as I can get. <laughs> it just, it just like resets the body. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like reducing the inflammation from stress and exactly. stagnant energy, honestly, in the body. So if I can do that as many ways as possible. No, I mean, I think I'll be eventually will open, will tell what medication I'm on. Mm-hmm. But I just got through flares and I just started it. And I really don't know as much about like what it's doing right now. Cause I'm still, again, it, like my doctor was like, you're trying, it's been four months since you flared. Like you won't have all of the answers right now. Um, so I'm definitely still like waiting until I'm in like a more confident place with all of that. And I think that's like, I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> and I try to be as open and honest as possible on my Instagram, but specific medications again is something like I don't really share because it goes like everyone is so different. And it can get dangerous. Yeah. I was on. I'm not a doctor. Exactly. And I was on like. 20 supplements at the beginning of my, you know, like when I was just doing the functional stuff and I didn't share what they were. I, you know, I shared pictures of the bottles just to emphasize, but I did not share what they were once because I did not want anyone going out trying to self-heal. Cause I know I've done that. I've seen somebody using something and thought, oh, I should try that. I get it. Use it a couple times. Or I mean, for Even something like CBD oil, yeah. it can have like a totally different effect on someone else and can actually like their body might not respond too well to it, you know? And it's just, I think with the like responsibility of like having Instagram pages, um, you have to sort of like put out that disclaimer and just say, hey, this is what works for me, but it might not work for you. And I'm also not a doctor. Like I'm just being like, open about what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, prime example, I saw, you know, I I was a vegan for a long time and I saw that B12 was supposed to be good for that. So I got B12, got the cleanest one I could find, like made sure it was super safe, everything. Well, I started taking it, you know, and after a while, um, you know, I, I saw a story on someone's Instagram and they explained how they did the same thing and started experiencing like hair loss and one, one other symptom found out it was from B12. And anyway, so a couple months later, and I realized I'm losing a lot of hair. And it was it was one other symptom too. Anyway, I started looking and stopped the B12 and all the symptoms went away. And here, what it is, is my body doesn't like methylize the mm-hmm. B12. So it just gets stored and built up and is a toxin in my body. So it's like, that's one example of how I screwed up. And, you know, it's like if something as simple as a B12 supplement, people don't think about it, but like, it can, you know, something as simple as that can really screw you up. So exactly. Yeah. It's scary. Um, and I think it's also hard because you do have to like parse through the overload of information, but I think it's so, so crucial to take everything with a grain of salt because that exact situation could happen. Um, and I think that's also why if anyone asks me, I'm like, just 
talk to your doctor first. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> like, I just, I, I get, yeah, it scares me because I don't want anything like that to happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. And that's why I don't want to put out the medication yet. Yeah, no. Yeah. I get that. Well, so, you know, besides your Reiki and the medication and treatments you do, what are some lifestyle changes you've made to support your body, whether it's, you know, food, um, movement, just yeah. care practices, what lifestyle things have you done? So, um, diet has been huge. I'm obviously gluten-free, um, but it goes a little deeper than that. So I'm on what's called the SCD diet, which basically it's how it works is certain foods break down differently and your intestines can ferment differently and it eliminates the ones that can have more of a detrimental effect um, based on the chemical structure of the foods. So it's the diet itself is inherently like grain free, um, low lactose and refined sugar free um, are really some of the big, big ones, but it goes further than grain free because I also can't have potatoes right now. Um, so I'm on that for my Crohn's disease, which is again, part of like that holistic treatment that I did. I use diet as part of my treatment. Um, and I've seen such, such benefits from that. Um, and then I also started the low FODMAP diet, which um, helps really a lot with SIBO, but that's not meant to be a long-term diet. Um, it's supposed to be an elimination diet, and then you um, reintroduce foods in order to figure out what triggers you and what doesn't. So I'm on both of those diets right now. And SCD, as you progress along with it, um, you can add some more things into it that aren't necessarily like legal. Like you can eventually be in a place where you can do a modified SCD diet, but I know that's probably what I will stick with for like the long run because it's been one it just makes me feel so much better and it also helps to keep my Crohn's at bay like I just feel better when I'm eating whole unprocessed foods and gluten makes me want to crawl into a ball <laughs> um, and go to bed and like not wake up because it just is is not my friend um so diet has been huge and then movement wise that's a big one because that's changed a lot throughout my health journey. And I don't know if you're the same way, but I used to work out like six times a week. I would run all the time. I lifted heavy weights. I did CrossFit. Like I was into it. Um, and after my last two back-to-back -back players, my body is at such a different place right now. And those type of movements and that type of exercise puts such a strain on my system um, that I just can't handle. Maybe eventually I can, um, but right now my body's not there and I really have to honor that. That's definitely been hard because um, I know I'm capable of that, but I'm not right now. Um, so finding that fine line has definitely been um, something that hasn't come easily, but I kind of stick to walks which again go back to just helping my like mind gut connection my sanity my mental health um and then i've actually like been trying to start pilates 
because it's a lot more of like slower controlled movements rather than hit and running six miles. Yeah, I feel like so many of us start in the, you know, cardio, go, 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 sweating, calorie burning mindset. And then (laughs) something hits us, you know, and uh, it's something. Yeah. (laughs) And we find ourselves and, you know, there's a big movement now for this slower, you know, movement and you know whether that's yoga pilates walking yeah yoga's big yeah it's just i don't know it's and i find that those slower ones are you know so much better for my mindset too and sometimes i do just need to go for a run and i will and i'll pay for it afterwards with very bad fatigue which was yesterday (laughs) but sometimes like you just like i don't know i think you kind of said this you just have to listen to it yeah and sometimes you just accept the consequences you know like you you eat something and maybe it upsets your stomach a bit or you do something and maybe it doesn't feel so great, but beat yourself up about it because yeah. then that furthers the cycle of not feeling well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, and I also think it's helpful that it's become like sort of like a more acceptable thing to be like, Hey, like I'm just going to go walk and like, I'm still fit and I'm still trying to like, you know, work out but that's the type of workout that I need right now and it's just even if it's like five minutes it's better than nothing um and I think that's something I've been realizing more yeah whereas it had to be like I had to be dripping in sweat and you know my heart rate had to be like astronomical but you know that's just not just the pressure I can put on my body right now um no, yeah. So the movement and the diet all have really, really helped. Um, so those have been like two really big saving graces for sure. And there are days when my body doesn't want to move. And I think you have to honor that. Um, and I used to get the guilt of like, well, I didn't work out today. Um, but I think, especially for me right now, um, if I ever start feeling that way, I'm like, Rachel, you were in the hospital a few months ago. Like, chill out. Um, so I think it's almost like I have to do those reality checks for myself. If I'm ever like, well, you didn't only walk like a mile. Like, I, I have to be like, okay, a few months ago, you couldn't make it out of bed. Like, let's take a step back. So, yeah. It's just looking at it, you know, having a right, like, perspective. You know, yeah. like, exactly. like you said, reality check and that's so big. It's every, it's, it's everything. It's absolutely everything for sure. And it's, like I said, it's like, you have to look, you have to look back, but not in the sense that you want your past to hold you back in any way, but in the sense that you have to use that to move forward. I'm really curious. Yes. What's some of your like favorite meals on the, you know, a diet such as that, because I'm like, I struggle, you know, to no, I mean, I, you know, I eat good for my gut and everything, but I know like you and Nat from, you know, Plenty yes. of Health, Nat, like I admire you guys so much for that. I'm going to Seattle. Yay. Oh my gosh. When are you going? We're going. So it's a few of us who all have IBD and for this totally off topic now, but, um, okay. Colitis Foundation does like walkathons, but they also do spinathons for charity events. And there's a spinathon in um, Seattle in October. So a group of girls that like we all have either Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, 
we're, um, because Nat's out in Seattle and that's where the event is, we're going to fly out to Seattle and we're going to have a weekend and we're going to do this Crohn's and Colitis event. I love that. Oh my God. I, I've been talking with Nat for so long about coming to see her in Seattle and just see Seattle in general. Come. I don't, I won't fit in though. (laughs) I don't have IBD. Who cares? This community, we're accepting. I don't know. We'll see. I would, I would love to go. I just haven't, you know, found like, I mean, I know I don't need a reason to travel, but I always try to have like something, you know, planned. So that would be convenient, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. I've never been out there. So I'm super excited, but yeah, total sign up. But yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, Yeah. Just goes back to the whole, like the community that you can find on Instagram. Like I used to think this is totally off of topic of what you just said, but I used to think I was literally the only person who had this disease. Um, and now I'm going to like across the country with a group of girls who are struggling too. And we all can relate to one another and it's, it's, it's really special. Yeah. No, I mean, it's warms my heart to like, know. it just reminds you of how special social media can be even on the days when you're hating it hating it you also have to look at that and I think that's the same thing with (laughs) not to like make the metaphor but it's you have to look at the good in what you still have like on the days where I hate my Crohn's and I hate my body I have to be like I love my body for these things and I love my Crohn's for the strength it's given me and things like that like you really kind of have to do like a whole gratitude journal in your head and you know just be thankful for the good that does come out of it and you know that's definitely easier said than done but (laughs) enough about like being philosophical (laughs) I love it though (laughs) that's the the good stuff is the food (laughs) um what are my favorite things oh boy so this sounds like kind of wild but a big thing on SCD is like you make your homemade yogurt so that you like ferment it in a yogurt maker for 24 hours. I sound like a mad scientist um, so that it removes the majority of like the lactose in it. And it's become like such a staple for me. So I'll make yogurt bowls all the time is like one of my favorite things and you can switch it up with the toppings. So that's super fun. Um, I've become obsessed with um, my waffle maker. Like, I think it's magic. I think it's the greatest machine ever. I feel like I can put any mixture of anything in there and it'll just come out in waffle form. And I'm like, this is great. Um, So like almond flour waffles. Sometimes I'll do like pumpkin waffles. I'm feeling it. Um, I think it goes back to the idea of like, I try to make um, comfort food for myself with ingredients that I can eat. Um, So that's been helpful when you feel like you're limited is to kind of look at okay well what foods make me happy and what foods do I like and luckily I do like cooking and being creative in the kitchen so I can sort of take that as a challenge I always say I pretend I'm on chopped and I'm like what do I have and what can I make with it I love that in that way I feel like then you're satiating that mental like like you know like everybody knows it with like warm chocolate chip cookies or maybe that's just me being biased but that's like a mental yes like that satiates my mind 
And then, you know, it's like sometimes you do have to eat actual food. No, but <laughs> I think like what you're saying, like they're like comfort foods. So they satiate your appetite. They satiate mm-hmm. your mind, emotional, you know, like not that should anyone should emotionally eat, but sometimes you just need the comfort food and waffles Absolutely. and yogurt like that. You're making me hungry. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I'm like, I eat dinner. Um, but yeah, I've also like developed a love for just like cooking from it. Um, which has been really huge. But then there are days where I don't want to. Um, and I'm super lucky I found places. There's a place by me. I'm going to hype it up because I'm obsessed with it. It's called Squirrel in the Bay. And I'll have to send you their Instagram. But it's like grain-free, gluten-free. Um, most of the things are dairy-free. And it's refined sugar-free, which is uh-huh. everything I can eat. <laughs> they make cinnamon rolls. They make – I had um, my graduation party a few weeks ago. They made me a legit cake. Wait. I haven't had a layered cake in I don't even know how long. Wow. I, like, want to look them up now. I think – okay, the yeah. name sounded familiar. And I think you might have – I talk about it 24 seconds. Okay. Like, everyone's probably tired of me talking about Squirrel on the Bee. Because I'm going on Saturday. Like, I'm obsessed with it. Do they ship? <laughs> they do. They do. So you can go online, and you can place an order, and they'll ship. So when I was at school and I was at college, I'd get it sent to me every week. Dang. Oh, <laughs> my God. Cook. And there are, I think it's been such a blessing that there are so many more places out there that are accommodating to people who um, are on special diets. I literally just looked them up. <laughs> oh my gosh. They look so good. They're wow. So good. They okay. Do, wow. Like, I get so distracted by food. <laughs> yeah. Food is wild. They do. I had um, a breakfast sandwich there. Yeah. And I have not had like a bacon, egg and cheese sandwich. Probably wow. since middle school. Yeah. And that was like it goes back that was like comfort for me like growing up in New Jersey like on Saturdays everybody would like sleep in and then go to the bagel store and like the fact that they make gluten-free grain-free bagels at this place blew my mind I'm shook wow yeah <laughs> game changer mic drop <laughs> oh my god well I need to visit you and we can go there wow. oh yes come to scroll on the bay and we will ball out wow they'll take all my money yes yeah, I literally go and I'm like, just take my money, please. Because I, <laughs> I go there. It's like a cafe where you can eat, but they also have like pre-made stuff that you can take with you. Damn. You go, you feast, and then you bring it home so you can feast again later. Everybody knows that's how a proper foodie rolls. That's how you got to do it. Well, I love that. <laughs> well, my last well no I have okay I have I have two go for it so and and then if you think of anything just add it in um what are your top tips for someone dealing with you know whether it's severe gut issues such as Crohn's you know ulcerative colitis or if it's you know minor but still prominent in their life what are your tips for dealing with social events you know like going out with friends um you know just going out, you know, to public places in general, you know, whether you, you know, need certain foods, you need a bathroom close by, um, you start to feel uncomfortable. Just what are your tips for dealing in those situations? So one of my biggest things is 
It requires a lot more effort and preparation to be involved in social events to, you know, go out and even just go to dinner. Um, because if you have food restrictions, you need to make sure there's something you're going to be able to eat. Um, like you said, you need to make sure there's going to be a bathroom because who knows what will happen. Um, our stomachs are crazy. But I guess you can't really see the preparation as like a burden. You kind of have to make it into a fun thing. And I know this sounds crazy, but I went on, um, my boyfriend and I went on like a little spring break vacation, right? And I was terrified because I had just like gotten better after a flare. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Um, but rather than being scared and uncertain about what food there would be, I took the time and I packed some food that I could bring on the plane, things like that, that like I knew would bring me comfort in situations that are uncomfortable. And then restaurant wise too, you kind of have to see it as like, okay, let's go on Google maps and let's go on Yelp or even like search Instagram and try to find like fun places that offer things that I can eat rather than seeing it as, well, I can't eat. Um, I can't go to this place because it doesn't have this. Um, I think you kind of have to shift your mindset and make it um, not exciting, but just not see it as like a burden, see it as an opportunity for like a new experience, I guess. I love that. Yeah. Because I, you know, for the longest time I did see it as a burden. Yeah. And then it took some time, but now, I mean, you know, I'm used to it. Like it, it becomes yeah. a part of I daily life. A lot of time. Yeah. yeah. It's something that comes with time. Absolutely. Well, I love that. And, you know, that being said, how has your mindset just, you know, in general to living life with, you know, health issues, with restrictions on what you could do, where you could go when, and living with Crohn's and now SIBO, how has your mindset shifted over times, over time, you know, just in regards to how you feel about it and, you know, what, what it's taught you? I think it's hard to fully put into words how much it's changed because looking back, it still blows my mind to see and to think about how far I've come when I was first diagnosed. And even from a few months ago to now when I was finishing my senior year at home, which sucked a lot and I was pretty miserable. Um, I was terrified, isolated, embarrassed. Um, and this often caused me to really resent the idea of a diagnosis that made me different at first. Um, and then these thoughts definitely come creeping back at some, in sometimes. I think it's hard with a chronic illness to um, not feel that way. And especially nowadays when I'm faced with um, another diagnosis that I've had to handle and I've had my fair share of times these past few weeks where I just broke down and I was like, I just want to break from it all. I think it's a testament to what I really try to tell myself. And I'll literally write this down just to look at it when I don't believe it. And it's the idea that I'm allowed to feel negative emotions, but it doesn't mean that I have a negative mindset. It means that I'm 
trying every single day to not let those negative emotions win or defeat me. And I think in that sense, um, my mindset has shifted to become more empowered and confident in myself and what I can handle and what I can accomplish and knowing that this isn't going to break me. And even on the days when I feel like it will, it's never going to, like it never will. And I think that's really how it's, it's changed since I was first diagnosed. That's so powerful. Yeah. You need a plaque with that too. Oh God, yeah. We need plaques for everything. We need t-shirts you know, for everything. We have the home goods with the amount of plaques with, with quotes we're going to make. That'll be our business. Yeah. The side hustle. Honestly, yeah. The side hustle to the side hustles. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's rather than being embarrassed and isolated and terrified of it, I think it's made me empowered and it's given me a voice and it's given me a purpose. And I think starting to share that story and being raw and vulnerable has also made me realize that I don't need to be perfect and I don't have it all together all the time because that's just not real life. Um, And I think the fact that people can resonate with that um, has made me feel more confident in everything that I'm going through. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where can people find you? connect, interact with you, and vote for you? So I am on Instagram at the no gluten girl. My website is thenoglutengirl.com, but it's in need of a little revamp, so I'm working on that. Um, but mostly, mostly I really do um, a lot of my sharing on Instagram. And you can vote for me currently in the link in my bio. <laughs> I hate when people say that. Girl, you gotta, you gotta share. Um, And yeah, I started recently a thing too. I wanted to start the hashtag real, not a highlight reel. Because like I said, um, being raw and real about the things that I'm going through has helped me tremendously. And I want to be able to help others as much as I can. And even if it literally just makes a difference in one person's life, um, sharing what I'm going through, that is more than enough for me. Um, Because I started this whole thing out as a girl who was alone. I had my family. Of course, they have been there for me through it all. But there's a different kind of comfort in knowing that there are other people out there who are going through what you're going through. And it's sort of a double-edged sword in the sense that I hate the fact that there are people that are going through what I'm going through because I know how horrible it is. But at the same time, um, finding those people can really be really comforting. They can be. And you're doing doing such great things. I'm so proud. I'm so honored to know you. I am so, so thankful that you asked me to be on here. Seriously, I was so excited. Of course. And we can't, we can't end without the rapid fire questions. You've got oh three of God. them. I'm really bad under pressure. No, these will be fine. These okay. will be fine. Okay. okay. If you could meet anyone, past or present, who would it be? Um, my grandpa. 
I love that. He passed away right before I was born, so I would like to meet him. Same girl. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, what are you grateful for right now? Right now, I'm grateful for getting the chance to talk to you. (laughs) And that's not cheesy. It's very true. You're making me tear up. No. (laughs) Damn peppermint. No. (laughs) Well, oh, same to you, honestly. Before I started this, I was like, I'm so happy I get to end my night like talking with her. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone listening, we've been so excited for this recording for so long. (laughs) We're going to talk so for so long. We're going to go over the time. It's just going to be like us just rambling about everything. Everything and anything. And for the finale. The grand finale. Yes. If you could scream one piece of advice from the rooftops for all to hear, what would it be? One piece of advice. I don't know if it's an advice, but it's a mantra that I literally tell myself every single day. Um, And it's, she believed she could, so she did. So I would probably scream that. Oh, I just love you and everything you say so much. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I have that hanging up in my room right over my bed. So I see it when I wake up and I see it before I go to sleep. I love that. I my phone background too, but now my phone background is food. So. Yeah. Priority. Same. <laughs> Mine's vegan ice cream. So. Oh my God. I have to see it. You have to show me. And Lewin's. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I've been dying. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah. That's life. <laughs> well, thank you with all my heart for coming on. This thank was you. the most heartwarming conversation I've had in so long. I loved it. God, I'm so glad. This has been awesome for me. I see it the best time. It was amazing. I have to say this recording was so much fun for me and for Rachel. We continued to talk afterwards and it still blows my mind to find such community, you know, with you guys through the podcast and Instagram, and also with my guests. We start talking, and we just realize, you know, how much we have in common, our, you know, mindset from lifestyle to mindset to all of the above, and it just warms my heart, as is seeing you guys support the show and continue to, you know, just take away little tidbits of advice and um, what you learned, you know, from each guest. And when Rachel said my quote, you know, during the recording, it just, like I said in the thing, it like made me tear up because it hit me in that moment that we all make a change in this world. And, you know, you choose if it's for the better or the worse. Some people do things and it's, it's not helping anybody, uh, especially not themselves or maybe just themselves. And then the rest of us, we, you know, make a change and we make a change for the good. Whether that's, you know, telling someone you love them, giving somebody a hug, holding a door open, you're making a change for good. And when she, you know, said that, it reminded me that this podcast is, yes, a lot of work, a lot of frustration, a lot of time, and, you know, there is money invested in it. But the change I'm making with it, no matter how small, ooh, now that, that warms my heart. So talking with her just, I don't know, it, you know, opened my eyes to that. And then I just, our conversation, I loved it. And I really hope you did too. I hope something resonated with you, something small that you can take home and just, you know, hold in your heart, hold in your mind. Maybe you share it. Maybe 
Maybe you don't. Maybe you keep it for yourself. Either way, I just, you know, hope this resonated with you in some way. And if it did, please let me know. If you don't want to share in your stories or publicly, send me a message. Honestly, I smile every time I see one of you guys, you know, message me and start out with something about the podcast. It just never fails to put a smile on my face. I see you. I appreciate you. Much love. Stay tuned for next week's episode. I'm excited for it. And as usual, you can find me on Instagram at Thrive On Life. Rachel is at The No Gluten Girl. Let us know what you thought of today's show, and I will see you guys next week. Bye!